Welcome to episode 4.8 of the Online Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Nerd Bomber, and I am joined by my fellow wonderful co-host, Tectic One. Howdy. And unfortunately, our other host, who normally presides over the entire podcast proceedings, Illegal, he's busy this week, so we're going to kind of hold the fort down while he's gone. We got this. So... This week, we've got a ton of great content for you. First, we're going to start with the news. Uh, We're going to cover Amazon's one-day shipping for Prime members. We're going to cover Marriott's new Airbnb rival service. And we're going to talk about a fun and super scientific and helpful game called Sea Hero Quest. Then we're going to do our normal coverage of the What Are You Up To Wednesday. And then, most importantly... We're going to get into a spoiler cast of Avengers Endgame. What do you think, Tactic? I'm excited, especially to talk about Endgame. Okay, so this is very important for all of you listeners. At the very end of the podcast, we will be talking in depth about spoilers and the entire plot and everything we think about Avengers Endgame. So, it's very important. We'll say again right before we start talking about it. But if you haven't seen the movie, highly recommend that you don't listen to this portion of the podcast until you've seen the movie yourself. So let's just dive right into it. So first, we're going to talk about Amazon's new one-day shipping for Prime members. So if you're a Prime member, like I am, and hundreds of people, hundreds of millions of people really around the globe, Amazon already offers free two-day shipping on most products. It's great. It's one of the reasons why I can justify not leaving the house and just ordering stuff online. And now in their Um, first quarter earnings report, Amazon has announced they will be moving towards establishing free one-day shipping for Prime members everywhere. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better. So they'll be using their expansive logistics network, which they've built over the entire United States, um, to make this happen. But it's going to cost about $800 million in investment capital to pull this off. Jeez. It's a lot of money. Yeah, oh yeah. So, in the past, they've had limited, like, one-day shipping availability on items. So, this will kind of expand that to pretty much any Prime product that they have. Um, They did make a point to note that this won't really change or impact any of their... um, They have, like, same-day shipping options if you live near a big distribution hub. How's that going to affect some of the workers there? Well, that's a really good point. So, last week, I saw a news article... And apparently, Amazon has a tracking system that is completely computer-run that actually monitors how their workers perform in the warehouse. So they monitor downtime. If you take a break to check your phone, if you just are standing around and not doing your job, and it actually measures the amount of downtime that their workers have and can, kid you not, fire them without any supervisor involvement. This means zero human involvement. Skynet. I don't know what Skynet is. The Terminator. It's the automated uh, artificial intelligence in Terminator. That's kind of scary. And they did, they confirmed, so like when this was exposed, Amazon confirmed that they actually fired hundreds of people in just one warehouse in a year using this technology. I would be so paranoid to work there. Right? And I think one of the sources even noted that people were afraid to go to the bathroom because they didn't want to appear eligible for firing, basically. In other news, the stock of diapers has gone up. But, like, it's crazy because now 
I mean, the warehouse workers, we've all heard the horror stories of working at Amazon, how you're working super long hours and you're just basically beat, not beat to death, but like just work to the bone. And now they're going to increase the workload of these people to pull off a one-day prime shipping. I'm curious how much of that $800 million capital is invested in fully automating the warehouses. I do think that a lot of it must be automated at this point. I mean, how do you keep track of that big of an inventory without some form of automation? And maintain one-day shipping. Right. Now, there is a benefit to human. You get sometimes cool wrong packages that you don't have to return. This is very true. So once upon a time, I ordered like, I don't even remember what it was. It was a $5. It was a bug trap. It was a bug trap. It was, that's right. It was a liquid ant bait trap. And instead of getting a liquid ant bait trap, I got a $150 bottle of perfume. Yeah. And upon contacting Amazon, they were like, oh, our bad. Just keep it. So. Pretty good trade up. Yeah. I was not that upset. Like, totally made up for having no ant trap. We got rid of the ants, side note. How do you think this is going to impact Walmart and Target? Oh, man. It's it's going to have a hit. If, if they can successfully implement this without impacting, I guess, workers' enjoyment there, which it might, I think they'll absolutely take over all retail where people go into stores. So, I mean, Walmart and Target in the last couple of years, I don't know if you noticed this, but they did start um, offering two-day shipping. So, like, Walmart offered free two-day shipping on almost anything at this point. And I think Target now offers two-day shipping on orders over, like, 35 bucks. And then on top of that, actually, a lot of the deals that you see at these stores are online only. They are working their tail off to incentivize not coming into the store, being lazy America. So do you think that they're going to have to kind of reinvest in the store experience? Because how do you compete with one-day shipping? I feel like they already had to have taken a hit to deliver on that two-day shipping and maintain brick-and-mortar stores. So I don't know if one-day shipping is totally feasible for them. I don't know if them maintaining brick-and-mortar stores is a big concern. They're notorious for beating up the small mom-and-pop shops. Walmart and Target? Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how this pans out in the next few years, especially as more brick-and-mortar stores are just getting completely clobbered by Amazon. We'll see. I feel like the clothing industry should be safe, but even that's on its way out. But then you have things like Stitch Fix and all of the different subscription services where you actually have an individual stylist picking out clothes for you, and you only pay for what you want. I could be so fly. You could be super fly. Well, I don't even know anymore. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. The future of shopping is very unclear to me. It seems like it's it's going to be digital, but then at the same time, people love having a good shopping experience. So it'll be interesting. It'll stay alive due to the last minute shoppers because nothing's quicker than I drove here on the way home from work. That's very true. All right. So with that kind of wrapped up. Tactic, would you like to walk us through Sea Hero Quest? I would love to walk through Sea Hero Quest. So if you don't know what Sea Hero Quest is, Sea Hero Quest is an app-based mobile game where you you get to see a map, then the map disappears, and you have to navigate through seas and things like that based on what you remember the optimal navigation path was. And what this does is is it collects all the ways that you do things and puts it into a database. And that database is used to detect early onset 
Alzheimer's. So with the developers who are the University of College of London, the University of East Angola, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and then the Alzheimer's research in the UK all work together to collaborate and make this game. And effectively, two minutes of playing this game gives them five hours of lab data that can help detect if you have early stages of Alzheimer's. Now, there's two things that really excite me about this. The first thing that excites me about this is awareness, right? A lot of times people don't know that they have Alzheimer's or even are getting Alzheimer's until it's too late. Yeah, because I think a lot of the symptoms that are typically thought of to be related with Alzheimer's, like the memory loss, that usually develops in the later stages of Alzheimer's, correct? Right. And and there's a lot of easy things that you can do on the daily to, to slow it down. Because if, if it's genetic, it's going to happen. But you can slow it down. And one simple thing is reading a book every day. Um, so if they know that it's coming, they'll go, holy cow, I should really start sitting down and reading more. Which, hoorah for books, right? I do agree. And then the other thing that's really, really exciting is the fact that it kind of, in my opinion... This opens the door for using phone-based apps to gain research on things beyond Alzheimer's. I mean, like I said, two minutes of playtime gave them five hours of lab research, and this game had 4.3 million players. The, war the phrase warp speed to collect data has been used, and I think that's absolutely incredible, just for the overall advancement of any kind of neurological diseases. Well, I think this is one of the things, too. So when people talk about video games, for the most part, like you think about what's popular at the time. So Fortnite, your Call of Duties, your FIFA, is that kind of game where not that there's not a lot of benefit to society from the game, but people don't really think of them being super beneficial. It's more of a hobby and a downtime. And it's just really interesting to see this other aspect of video games and how they can be used to benefit science and further the human cause. I think that's super cool. I think examples like this should be shined more in the video game industry because you only ever hear it in the news of, oh, this person played Call of Duty. He's a serial killer. You know, it's – no, it helps with motor function. It's now using to track diseases. It's even educational in some instances. And I mean, I think – even aside from video games, the fact that you can use app technology that people are comfortable with, they don't have to leave the house, they don't necessarily have to go see a doctor, to potentially catch things early on is super important. Because even in terms of health in general, there's another app called Achievement, and we're not sponsored by any of these games or apps or anything, but it links to all of your like Fitbit, Garmin devices, any of your health devices, and it gives you rewards and points and money towards an Amazon gift card every time you log your food, every time you get X amount of steps, every time you sleep. And they also collect research, and the part of why they're rewarding you is they collect research to try to get an idea for like, oh, well, they took a survey about their mental health and they only sleep this much on average and they only walk this much, or they do walk this much and they still have mental health issues, blah, 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 blah. And just being able to tie things together and it's just very interesting to me how we can leverage technology and app data and all of this stuff to really help understand and promote good health. And then the other thing about this app is, I know what you're thinking, how accurate can this really be? So the crazy part about it is with all of the lab data that they collected, they were able to compare that with the standard and it 
it was it showed the parallels were incredibly accurate where this app is really a true indicator of early onset Alzheimer's. Fascinating stuff. Absolutely fascinating. Indubitably. So now we're going to talk about another app. So we've all probably heard of Airbnb at this point. It kind of took the world by storm. You can rent out your house. You can rent out other people's homes to stay in. And it's all done through this app where you can look at pictures of where you want to stay. You can get really cheap rates. Well, so far, Airbnb holds 4.92 million available rooms in the United States, and I think in just markets in general. Well, it's got to be comparable to what the hotels are holding. Not at all. Actually, the next highest is actually Marriott, and they hold 1.29 million rooms. But they've been established for so long. How can that be? Because Airbnb has just exploded. Anyone can turn their house into a hotel. So in order to kind of fight back on this, Marriott is actually launching their own kind of competitor service to Airbnb. So they're going to be offering to start about 2,000 high-end homes throughout the U.S., Europe, and Latin America. And the interesting thing about this is that they're going to also be leveraging the power of their brand and their giant hotel network. So they're going to offer you rewards and loyalty points that cross over from their quote-unquote Airbnb service to their regular hotels. So you could stay in a bunch of their home rentals and then potentially earn points to go stay in a really swanky Marriott hotel somewhere fancy. So Airbnb is so appealing because the cost of hotels are really astronomical in my opinion. I'm curious, they said high-end luxury hotels. He was air quoting if you couldn't see that. Yeah, there's high-end. Uh, they said high-end rooms and uh, homes, but is that going to have the same cost benefit? That's kind of my concern. Like, it seems like a good idea in theory, but honestly, people use Airbnb, like you said, to save money. And if they're really only going after high-end homes, is that going to really draw that big of a market? They just don't get millennials. Well, seriously, though, like Airbnb, I know a few friends, they do look for big houses because then even though the house is expensive, you can fit more people in a house than a standard hotel room. And then you have a home base location that you can go to and it feels a little bit more just homey that that sounds stupid but homey than staying in a hotel Mm -hmm. so i can kind of see why they might be targeting that area but having it only be high-end homes it it just seems strange to me it seems like it's defeating the purpose of why so many people want to airbnb right And I I don't know if this is something that they're going to modify as time goes on and potentially get some cheaper things and they only want to start with those 2,000 high-end homes that they can kind of monitor in terms of quality. But it's just a very interesting um, first statement in the market, and I don't know how successful that's going to be. I could tell you I have friends that would rent a lean-to to save money. Exactly. Yeah. I like there I have had people tell me stories where they stay in like really sketchy areas. Did you know that you can apparently even rent out land to pe- pitch a tent on and camp on? Sold. Through Airbnb. Sold. But like I had a friend tell me that he stayed on on this property that was like super sketchy and in the middle of nowhere and totally could have probably been axe murdered and the family was in the house and they just like camped out in their backyard. <laughs> so 
I mean, whatever people want to do, but I just don't know how Marriott can compete with that. So, if someone axe murdered me, I'd give them three stars instead of five, though. Would you give them an extra tip? Tip of the axe, zing. Bazinga. I think that's patented. Bazinga? Yeah. Probably at this point. So, I know we kind of sped through some of our news topics, but we really do want to get to our big Avengers spoilers. So, now we're going to just hop right into the what are you up to Wednesday? What have you been doing tactic? So, this past weekend, I did something that I was really excited for, and you guys are going to all think it's lame. When I built a shed last summer, I did not build a ramp. And every time I take a lawnmower out of the shed, the blade scrapes on the edge of the shed, or I have to lift it so it doesn't scrape. And I just wanted a ramp. So, got up early, built a ramp. That was like, it sounds lame, but I was so excited to build this ramp. He was super excited to build this ramp. Did you do anything else? Anything that might have been more nerdy, less rampy? Less rampy. Well, we have been playing some couch co-op. I keep calling it the wrong name, so I'm going to call it Unraveled 2. That's correct. I keep calling it Untangled. Darn it, Disney. Always making me think of Tangled. Um, And I tell you, it is a fantastic couch co-op game. It's a little hard. It's so hard, but I love challenge games. Like, I wanted to rage quit so many times. It was amazing. So the whole premise of this game, for you listeners, if you haven't heard of Unravel or Unravel 2, you basically play as a little yarn character. And in Unravel 2, it's a co-op version of the game, so you're literally tied together. So you're two characters tied together. And you have to maneuver through all of these puzzles while being tied together and if you touch fire you're dead if you fall into water too long you're dead or get eaten by a fish if you get eaten by a fish you're dead there's a lot of scenarios in which you can be dead so many things kills yarn but the best part is because you're tethered together you make things like pulleys and bridges between each other to move items or lift the other person up and it is a fantastic puzzle game if that's what you're into. Yeah, and it definitely, in terms of just couch co-op in general, it requires a lot of communication, a lot of really funny moments, especially if you're someone like me who is really just patience. I have, I have a really hard time when I've died like 15 times, I'm, I'm like done, I'm checked out, and Tactic is the opposite. I think that's the funny moments, is more watching your partner get angry because the storyline itself has this weird darkness to it. We've been trying to figure out what's going on, and it, it almost seems like it's like a domestic violence thing, and, and the little yarn people are kind of this escape from reality. And it's it's beautiful, but also kind of dark. I, you know, I honestly recommend it. If you haven't played it, check it out. You don't need to jump into Untangled 1. You can just, uh, I did it, Unraveled 1. You can jump right into Unraveled 2. Then get a friend and get on that couch. So what? So we actually we had GoFobo pass the screening of. Oh man, why am I blanking on the name? Help the me, Tech Tech. The Long Shot. Thank you. The new movie with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. So what we didn't know about GoFobo, and I guess it's my fault because I didn't read the fine print. The movie started at seven thirty, so we get to the movie theater and it's like seven fifteen, and 
the the line to get into the theater is just absurd. It's like coiled around three or four times, and apparently they give out more tickets than there are seats in the theater in anticipation of people not showing up. And people love free stuff. So it's first come, first serve, and we were not first come, so we were not served. So instead we went to go see Isn't It Romantic, which um, came out around Valentine's Day, stars um, Rebel Wilson, I think that's her Mm -hmm. name. And it was cute. There's not a lot of rom-coms other than, like, what Netflix is pumping out on a daily basis. And it was it was fairly predictable, but it was one of those movies where it's very cognizant of the fact, it's self-aware that it is a rom-com. So throughout the movie, they're just making digs at rom-coms in general. And the guy next to me was cackling, and it was, not Tactic, the other guy next to me was just, like, having a ball. So, I mean, it was a fun movie. Considering it, we saw it at our discount theater, so it was like two bucks. So was it romantic? It was fairly romantic. It was it was a pretty good movie. Okay. Yeah, and then other than that, we're just catching up on Game of Thrones. We're almost on season four, so please don't spoil any of Game of Thrones. Although I've already had some of it spoiled. Now, speaking of spoilers, so many memes. So now we are about to get into the spoiler cast version of the podcast of the spoiler cast segment rather and we'll be talking extensively about avengers endgame so this is your last chance really to turn back um if at any moment you keep listening and you get upset about spoilers we've warned you and you cannot hold us liable so first i'm going to start off with a fun little fact avengers endgame broke box office records and broke is not even the correct word like it shattered box office records it made over one billion dollars which is more than any other movie in its opening weekend that's close to what an evil villain would ask for in his demands it's one billion it's insane and even like case in point so we went to see the movie on saturday we did not go on friday or thursday night opening night um And the entire theater was packed, and it was 2 o'clock on a Saturday. I had friends tell me on Sunday morning, at like the earliest show of the day, it was packed. It was pretty much sold out for a majority of the weekend in most theaters. So, impressive outpouring of support for the movie. But Tectic, what did you think of it? I thought it was done well. I thought it had a lot of action. But like any analytical moviegoer, you always say... Was that a plot hole? Yeah. I So, like, before we get into the nitpickies, I really loved the movie. I thought it was a really good way to cap off the last 10 to 11 years of movies, the last 22 Marvel movies. I thought it was a great send-off for the first era, really. But there were so many things that I was just like, you had so much time to figure this out. You literally had a decade to figure this out. Why Why did you do it this way? So I think we should walk through the movie and point out each thing that we've discussed. And yeah, go things that, that we've way. liked or disliked. So first, the start of the movie. I actually thought the opening scene with Hawkeye was really poignant and great. Like, I really liked everything about that. It, it kind of showed to me how it really impacted real people because you see the snap in the last Avengers movie and it's like okay half the Avengers disappeared but like Hawkeye was kind of out of it and 
was just with his family. And that's what everyday people really experienced with the snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and it, and it, and it kind of really made you feel for him when he went off the deep end after as we progress in what we're describing. So moving on to the next part of it is the Avengers are getting together. They're trying to figure out, you know, what can we do? And then they locate Thanos and they say, let's get him. Let's try to steal the gauntlet and reverse it. Let's do this. So Captain Marvel, she comes in all powerful, ready to kick butt. They go to Thanos. Thor's kind of being a baby. Turns out Thanos destroyed all the rings. If you're watching this, if you're the listening stones. to this, you already know this. Which my first point is: remember that we had just said that the stones are destroyed. So as we revisit this later, this is important. So then they chop his head off, and they say, "All right, guys, that's that. We're gonna live out our five years and see what happens." So, I want to kind of debrief on that little segment that you described. So, first of all, Captain Marvel is just there. She shows up. They don't really go into any detail about how she shows up. They only address that, really, in the end credits scene of Captain Marvel. And it just seems very abrupt. Like, I think they could have taken another, like, two minutes or something to show something instead of her just being there already. You know, I th- I think that was fine. It was really the next scene that I think Captain Marvel should have maybe been involved in more. So fast forward to Scott Lang reappearing because he was trapped in the quantum realm with his idea to go back in time. Just before he appeared with his idea to go back in time, they had all the inventors on the radio and they said, if you guys need anything, call me. Okay? They call everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. Except... Ex- Captain Marvel. The most powerful one there. So I just realized we kind of jumped all over the place a little bit in our description. But she also shows up and somehow manages to find Tony Stark. So he's stranded on Thanos' ship. And my real... The thing that I was wondering, and I didn't really question it during the movie, but how did they find Tony Stark? How yeah. did they know where to locate him? We can call it. We can call it luck. I so, mean, one of the things that I had read online, one of the fan theories, was that somehow his helmet, when he was recording all those videos for Pepper Potts, somehow his helmet was actually transmitting back to Earth, so they were able to trace the signal, which I can kind of buy, but then... What if it pinged on her beeper that Nick Fury gave to her? Yeah, but how would that ping on her beeper? They didn't know that she existed. It's transmitting a signal, and it just picked it up through interference. Right, but why would she go and investigate it, and why would she save him? Because he was seemed hopeless. He was trying to get help. These are theories. I, I'm more apt to believe that maybe the helmet was actually transmitting, but at the same time, I don't know. Just seemed like a plot hole. Those are one of those things that I would say. Okay, this could just be seren- like Deus ex machina. You know, there's one in a million chance that just happens and things work out. That I'm fine with. But, and even even the not calling Captain Marvel when they go back in time, you know, she could have been busy, whatever. Didn't want to take five minutes is what it took. The other thing, so now we, we kind of moved back towards talking about them going back in time. So I understand that um, Ant-Man coming back 
from the quantum realm was the thing that really gave them the idea of time travel. But I'm assuming, so every, like half the people that you know have been obliterated and destroyed. You have to assume at some point, if you're Tony Stark and the rest of the Avengers crew, before Tony Stark gave up and like moved on with his life and had a child, you had to think about every possible way that you could save your friends. So why was time travel never considered? Because he didn't have the resources that, uh, not Hank Pym, Scott Lang knew about the quantum realm. It was that light bulb that gave him the inspiration to test the algorithm. But then he figured it out over eating a sandwich. It was a good sandwich. Like, Tony Stark is a very smart man, but it just seems like... It, it was it was too easy. You never had a light bulb moment when someone says something and you're just like, holy cow, that connects. I guess. But it, it was a little bit too easy in my mind. Like, so I would have preferred to see a little bit more buildup. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of like the scene when he used Captain America's shield and I believe Iron Man 2 to just make this whole new element. Right. Like that, I mean, that was something that was not even time travel and that was like a whole scene. Exactly. <laughs> so... How did you feel about the time travel in general? So, before we get into the plot holes about the rules of time travel, how did you feel about the fact that it was like basically an homage to all the previous movies? So, I loved that. I, I don't even mind the fact that they used time travel. My biggest thing is continuity with time travel. I mean, they've done it in, they've done it in other shows. And right, but, but like before we get into that, how do you think like the treatment of just that nostalgia look back at all of the previous movies was handled? Like I, I just thought it was pretty neat, but I feel like they again, I mean, and I know the movie was already three hours long, but you see a glimpse of the Avengers fighting in the very first movie. Like you, it only flashes by. But in that like was a the best one when the Hulk saw Savage Hulk. That I mean, that was pretty funny. Yes. Ah. <laughs> that I think needed to happen and I love that they did that. And, no, and I Ameri agree that it needed to happen. I just I wanted to see a little bit more of it. More of more of America's ass. That that was honestly between that Captain America was I and I, I don't like Captain America. I if you've listened to the podcast, you know I don't like Captain America. I think he's a goody two shoes, but he was actually one of the source of jokes throughout the entire movie. He even made fun of his old, quote, righteous self. Yeah, it was fantastic. For the first time, I actually did not hate him. It was it was pretty pretty cool for me. I don't know. I just don't like him. So the fact that I didn't walk out of that movie hating him He was, was more fantastic. of a person. Yes. Which was, I, I like that they did that with Captain America. I wish, I wish we seen more of that through and through. So now, getting into some of the things, the events that happened in the time travel segments. I have some thoughts on... And again, I want to stress, I'm nitpicking here, but I liked the movie a lot. I did too. Um, it's just, I guess, because we've gone through so many of these movies and there was just so much hype and anticipation and now I've just had so much time to think about the movie that I'm just thinking of all of these different scenarios. And my first thing to you is in order to get the Soul Stone... In each scenario, you've had to sacrifice someone that you love and care about to get the soul stone. So this is more of just like, I guess, a joke question, but also kind of serious. 
what happens if you went there by yourself and you didn't have someone to throw off the ledge? Like, if you sacrifice yourself, then what's the point? You, like, you don't get the soul stone either way. So you wouldn't do that. Like, does he? Does Red Skull just turn you away? Like, what happens there? You want you to just come back. I, I don't like, know. Come back and bring a kid or your best friend. Then we'll talk. That's probably... Yeah, that the, and they had to have known when when uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow went that someone was going to be sacrificed because Nebula has been saying, "Hey, Thanos through Gamora, they get the Soul Stone, guys." I thought it was also the pairings that they sent the groups that time traveled off into um, for those two, Hawkeye and Black Widow, to go together felt very contrived because could you imagine if you had rocket and oh man i don't know nebula who don't really like each other go together to that they would just probably head nod for the other one to go yeah like if how 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 would that have worked no one would have went so <laughs> they would have pushed uh, red skull off the ledge i liked him a lot <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing and I don't want to say that I know how to rewrite the movie, but I think it would have been very impactful to have had Nebula instead go to retrieve the Soul Stone, knowing that she would have to sacrifice herself in the way that her sister died to get the Soul Stone, to basically reverse everything that she had helped create with Thanos. I think that it would have been a more impactful death, mm-hmm. although the Black Widow death, in my opinion, was very su- surprising. That was like the one thing that LaShawn McCoy <coughs> did not spoil for me. It w- it made me wonder if what with them working on a Black Widow movie, if that's going to be like a her coming to realizing that she is Black Widow, like all of the training, all of the dark backstory, which makes me even more excited about it. In a way, though, I feel like she has to be coming back because, and again, we're jumping out of linearity in terms of the movie, but who is going to lead the Avengers with Black Widow gone? Nick you Fury. Have Iron Man gone. You have. Um, Captain America, pretty much old and retired. Captain Marvel doesn't seem totally tied to Earth. Oh, I know who's going to lead them. Captain America. Falcon. Boom. Oh, the new one? What did you think about that? I'm excited for it. They've introduced it in the comic books. I I feel like him being more of a mortal is going to make the throwing of the shield kind of far-fetched because it was the superhuman strength that made that shield so powerful. Um, I think Bucky would have been a better candidate because of that, because he has that super soldier serum. But, I don't know, maybe he'll use velocity from him flying to really get that momentum behind it. So, I guess I'm not familiar with Bucky in terms of the comics. What does he do if he's not Captain America? Like, what role does he potentially have in the Avengers movies moving moving forward? Winter Soldier. That's, that's it? Yeah. Was Winter Soldier a hero? I thought he was always just kind of like a villain. He flip-flops as it sees fit. So what, someone just gives him, like, the magic voodoo words and then he turns into a bad guy for a little bit and then gets saved or something like that? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm kind of glad for that reason because that would get exhausting that he's not Captain America. So I'm excited for that. I'd like to see that because he's... Falcon's more of a flawed character, less righteous, so we'll see what he does with that. But the main thing I want to talk about is the timeline and the continuity. That is a topic in itself. Okay. 
So the first time they go back in time, they grab the time stone. And the thing that stops them from getting the time stone is, I'm drawing a blank on her names, but let's call her the wizard dress, <laughs> wizardess. Um, and she said that if you take a time stone, evil can seep into that timeline, and thus they always, the infinity stones always need to be present. Cool. Note that down. So then they said, okay, we'll bring them back. It's fine. It's good. Everything will be okay. But the whole plot was contingent on them getting the stones and then returning the stones because in the future Thanos had destroyed the stones. And I beg the question of, does that mean that in the next... Sorry, that's our dog. The next set of this, that evil can now seep into the timeline? This is a very good question. And I, I have lots of questions revolving around this plot point about how the Infinity Stones needed to be returned. So, like you said, if you remove the stones from the timeline, then evil comes into play. So, if Hulk would have just told her, I don't remember her name either, if Hulk would have just told her right off the bat, look, Thanos destroys these things anyway, none of this matters. Like, I, I ju I'm just curious how this impacts the timeline in general. And additionally, so if you remove the stones, different um, realities, different basically offshoots of time are impacted. Yours necessarily aren't impacted, but other offshoots of time are impacted. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around this, but... Is that why when Nebula shoots herself as a young Nebula, younger Nebula, she's still alive because that's a branching off reality that then they're no longer in? So here's the way I'm picturing of it. When they showed the gold timeline, that wasn't one timeline. That was a tube filled with timelines okay. that were all protected from evil. And so... In one of those alternate realities, there now is no longer a nebula. but So that's why her reality didn't destroy her. It's just that reality no longer has a nebula. Similar, similar with the returning of Thanos because obviously they fizzled him away. And same with Gamora, quote-unquote, disappearing. So I'm good with them not being in their alternate reality. But at the same time, the thing that I keep hanging up on is... Well, now the, that core of realities is missing stones. So each and every one is subject to darkness. Right. And I, and I haven't found anything on the interwebs to convince me otherwise that that's not a plausible theory. Well, the other thing that someone actually brought up to me today, we were talking about this earlier today. And so if you... So Captain America missed his timestamp when he took all of the stones back and then did not return to his current time. He stayed back in time. So he missed his timestamp, and that would have been a different path of time. So how could he have been an old man showing up in that time? Because it would have been a different time stream. He should never have been able to show up in the current time stream because he missed the timestamp to even exist in that time stream. He lived in a different time stream. He should never have been able to revisit them at the end as an old man. So instead of parallel realities, there's 
that contradicts that's true, that's contradicting the parallel realities that now you have weaving realities. Exactly. And, and that's my whole point with this time travel. They didn't stay continuous with one theory. You, you try to explain use one theory to explain away the others and you, you end up with some conflict. Now with that he went to he went back to Who is this Captain America? Yeah, he went back and thus had an old version of him. So it would suggest that Nebula should have had a heart wound, right? Right. If she shot herself in the chest. However, that's the past ones. Because he went back, he was still part of that reality, maybe? Like, like what if one... Right, but the, the past should never have changed. Because then, technically, in their timeline, he in their past, he would have had to have aged as that version of him. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a big plot hole. I agree. See, that was kind of... So, I understand why they wanted to introduce time travel, because it opens up the idea of multidimensionality. I'm not sure if that's a word. If it isn't, I just made it up. It's fine. And there's a lot you can do in comic universes with that. All the same, time travel has never worked. I always, no matter what movie or Marty TV McFly show... Marty McFly did it the best. Every thing that has time travel in it there's some flaw and i mean i know time travel is not a real science but movies and tv shows have a very hard time even living within the rules that they've set up for themselves with time travel do you feel like there was a better way they could have pulled off the movie and defeating thanos that did not involve time travel i think that was done just fine i think now i'm hung up on captain america everything we've just explained away Right? By saying. But that alone, Captain America's confusion at the end, completely obliterates the entire idea of time travel. Like, there had to have been a better way. Say, so I feel like killing Thanos in the very beginning of the movie was a shock factor type thing. Like, oh my god, what is the rest of the movie going to be now? And then they need, you need to backtrack from there because obviously, like, the stones are destroyed. Where do you go from there? But if you don't even. If you don't do that, have them meet Thanos on his garden planet. Have the entire crew come together to somehow find the stones or procure the stones from him. Make the epic battle. Go to Thanos. Somehow, Tony Stark can still make his last sacrifice if he steals Thanos's glove. Like, that could have equally been a good movie. So, And then you wouldn't have me talking about time travel because I hate it. I think I came up with a point that makes everything okay. So okay. we've explained Thanos, we've explained Gamora with the interweave, with the alternate parallel timelines. So Steve, there was always two Captain Americas in that timeline. And the reason why, because the, the quantum realm, based on Tony Stark's algorithm, says that they can go exactly to where and when they want within a timeline. Which means they were probably some instances jumping realities, I mean dimensions, some instances not. This one, he stayed in that one, and we saw that Peggy had a kid, and it might have been Captain America's kid, and we just didn't know it at that time. Maybe. I don't know. It still feels so very out there. I did have another, also, issue with the time travel. So one of the major things that they kept harping on as 
the entire Avengers team decided to prepare for time travel was that they only had enough pin particles for each person to make one round trip and a couple test runs. Okay. Later in the time travel sequence, Tony Stark is like, this is fine. We'll just go back to this certain point of time where we know there are pin particles and just grab some more. No big deal. We'll bring it back with us. Why even go through the rigmarole of being like, guys, this, you have to get this right the first time. If you screw up, we have no more pin particles. Why wouldn't you just go back in time, grab a bunch of it, and then you don't have to worry about if you screwed it up? The movie would be too long. Oh, well, I understand that. But even just making that be an issue and then solving that issue, like it would have been one thing if the pin particles were so rare that... There was no pin particles in the past to go harvest. Like, you could only maybe get one vial at a time. That would be too tedious. I would understand that. But there were, like, several, and Tony Stark grabbed them all. Like, Poor Pim. Yeah, another one of those convenience factors. But sometimes you don't think of it unless you're under the gun, like Tony was. So, speaking of Tony Stark. Let's talk about the battle scene. The battles. First... What did you think about basically everything that happened in the battle? I'm sorry. The battle was probably one of the the pinnacles of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it all came to a head in the battle. Okay. So two major things. The first thing was Captain America yielding Thor's hammer. I thought that was, that was one of the few moments that simultaneously made me love and hate Captain America at the same time. Captain America is already too good. I don't like him for that. So the fact that he was deemed worthy of wielding the hammer was a little much. But it was also kind of badass. It was badass. And then it also lent to the joke where Thor is like, you can have the little one, which I thought was one of the funniest one-liners <laughs> in the movie. It was better than the beer gut lines. It's true. Those were getting exhausting. Yeah. We'll rewind a little bit. Thor and the stereotypical like neck beard video game playing beer gut thor i it was fun for like the first 30 seconds and got sad and weird then it was just sad and weird so it was nice to see when the battle came around him you know getting his gumption back and kicking some butt but even then like i expected the lightning to come down and give him back the six pack and strength like because you think about he's a god he's the god of thunder yeah you don't. You've never seen him work out. Gods don't need to work out. They basically take on whatever form they want. He could have just been like, "Bam, my six pack is back." One thing that I was really excited to see that was in the uh, Infinity War cartoon was Thanos uses the Time Stone against Thor and ages him incredibly to try to like kill him. But fun fact: Thor gets more powerful with age. He's like a nice wine, and he just whoops him once he gets older. And I really wanted to see something like that, but instead they just kind of made him wimpy, and I wasn't a fan of that. It was just really sad and kind of pathetic, and I know they needed that to carry through the movie to kind of get him to see his mom and make that... But he had already seen his mom by that point. I'm talking the battle. No, I know, but I think they needed to carry forth the joke so that he could see his mom and meet with his mom to kind of like regain his strength and purpose and mm-hmm. by strength obviously not physical strength because he still maintained his not godlike physique 
and I don't know. I just feel like there could have been a better way. Yeah, it was it was for a cheap laugh, it seemed. And Thor, honestly, so of any of the characters that you could have almost sacrificed for that character arc, Thor is not one of your stronger characters to do it with. The Thor movies have been questionable at best. Ragnarok was the best one, but arguably one was just okay, two was bad, and you only really start to like Thor in Ragnarok and the Avengers movies. That's probably why they're they're put him with Guardians of the Galaxy to make him more of a fun, likable character. Well, I mean, I think that's what they tried to do with Ragnarok too. They changed the entire just tone kind of of the movies mm-hmm. to match more of what Guardians was. And but I just think, in terms of just likability and storyline, I, I don't know if he was the character that that was best suited for. Mm-hmm. Because he already is kind of just like a meh character for most people. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to the battle scene. So they made Captain America overpowered, and then it made Thor kind of like a pansy, which I really wanted to see him look like his dad. Throw some Odin in there. And uh, then it segued to, quote-unquote, girl power. I have such mixed feelings on this. So... We had the conversation in the car coming from the movie, and I enjoyed Captain Marvel because there's not many women superheroes, and I think it is important to really have that just available because 50% of people who are going to see these movies are women and little girls, and it's just empowering, blah, 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 blah. But it was way too on the nose. You literally just saw Captain Marvel take down Thanos' whole ship, you're telling me she needed the likes of, like, some Wakandans to get her through a gang of people? Like, come on, really? And then even then, she didn't even get through. They built her up in the movie, and then this, and she just kept getting, like, swatted aside like she was nothing. Honestly, I feel like Captain Marvel was poorly utilized in the entire movie. We've already mentioned before, they totally, like, she was in the first five minutes of the movie and then pieced out. And they didn't bring her back for the time travel scene. And then she blows up Thanos' ship and then really doesn't have that much of a part in the movie at all. It almost felt like they needed to kind of stick in another movie, another origin story, something to compete with Wonder Woman. Yeah, it was just kind of a niche. Yeah, and they just kind of threw her in the movie because they made her origin story, so they have to. How would you have improved... Her in this movie I would have made her more critical into taking down Thanos I mean maybe she's holding him in place while while Tony Stark steals the stones from his gloves you know something where she's you know kicking some butt and even even if they didn't want to showcase her that much and they wanted to really focus on the original Avengers arguably then you should never have had her meet up with the the Avengers gang in the beginning Make her this unknown entity who literally never comes back until the very end to take out Thanos' ship and be like, I finally got Nick Fury's message. What's up, guys? Yeah. Like, then don't have her in the beginning at all because it just... It felt like that scene with Thor's hammer was like, I like this one. Yeah. It was just done for, again... Trailer fluff. Yeah. I just, I didn't like it. I did like the haircut. It was more true to the comic character. Yeah. That was pretty cool. She looked, I'm going to say it, she looked hotter with the short hair. And I'm not a guy that likes short hair, and she looked hotter with the short hair. I did like the long hair, too. 
10 out of 10. I'd give her just an overall. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's interesting to me because I, they tried to build her up, I feel like, as the person who will lead the Avengers moving forward now that Tony Stark and Captain America are gone. Just, like, in interviewee type stuff prior to this movie. They made her seem like she would be a pivotal character moving forward in the Avengers. And from what I've seen of her, like I said earlier, when Earth seemed to need her the most, she was just like, peace, guys. I have other stuff in the galaxy. There's a lot of planets. Like, she doesn't seem tied to Earth. So why would she be a, a key member of the Avengers when she's tied to all of these other civilizations and spends almost no time on Earth? If anything, make her more of a guardian and Thor stay tied to Earth. Right. It, it's interesting. So what else would you like to talk about in the battle? Well, so now the, the sad part, I think. Tony Stark going, I grew up with you, Tony. So how did you feel? So Tony Stark is your favorite character in any pretty much comic book ever. Yes. So uh, did you feel that they did him justice? How, like, just talk about your feelings. So I think that was done beautifully, especially the way Pepper Potts approached him and said he can rest now. Oh, my goodness. What a tearjerker. I mean, I'm as manly as it comes, and I had a single cliche tear. It was bad. But then the one thing that I'm curious about so fast forward to the funeral. I know I'm jumping a little bit, but fast forward to the funeral. If you, As they were scrolling through the crowd that was there, they showed the kid that helped him charge his suit. And I believe it was Iron Man 2? 3. Iron Man 3. Now, how many kids know how to charge an arc reactor from Iron Man? Not many. I really hope that they use this kid to be a, quote, young Avengers, and he takes on a young Iron Man. I mean, they would almost have to do that because I don't understand why you would bring him back. Nobody recognized him because he was a child in the last time he was in a Marvel movie. Like, why else would you bring him back to that funeral unless you were going to use him? Exactly. And that's what I'm kind of excited for because Tony Stark's daughter is way too young to take on the mantle anytime soon. And, I mean, he's ripe for a young Avenger pick and he looked like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old had a technical aptitude watch out tony your replacement's on its way and honestly and i know he's not signed on to any more movies but i could totally see them using um tony stark as some kind of like ai guidance system for the new iron man because that actually happened in the comics go on um i I mean i don't have much more to say on it but for i think it's iron heart the the girl version of iron man she's like a a teenage iron man Mm mm-hmm her AI guidance system, I believe, is Tony Stark. It's like a Tony Stark AI. I kind of like the the robot voice that they have now. I could take it or leave it with that. That'd be a nice homage, like they've been doing with things like showing some of the images from the previous ones and things like that. I do appreciate the winks to the past, but I don't know if it's worth the paycheck for them to do that. Well, I think, too, at this point. So where do you see the future of the Avengers Marvel Cinematic Universe going? I think full steam ahead, Young Avengers. I don't think they keep really any of them, the current people, besides maybe trainers. Yeah, I mean, I you've got Hawkeye, who's already retired. Who's been training his daughter. Right. You've got Black Widow, who sacrificed herself. 
you have um spider-man obviously he'll lead the young avengers he'll, he'll still be in the avengers because they're obviously planning but to he'll do more lead with him. the young avengers that's that's right. her answer i mean the hulk I, I don't know what you do with the hulk so the hulk's think, been kind of this always at heart this nomadic person right he wants to do his own thing he wants a peaceful life i could see him just fading away right but he wanted to have a peaceful life because he was already he was always in constant conflict with the hulk himself like he didn't want the hulk to came come out so he always tried to find a peaceful area to live mm-hmm. now that he's fused with the hulk which hold on we'll take it aside how do you feel about that happening him taming the hulk off camera you don't see that happen how do you feel about that so the one thing about the smart hulk persona is it's significantly weaker than savage hulk they didn't really show any degradation to strength. I wish they did because it, it, it kind of shows the checks and balances there. But all in all, I loved the way they did it. And that's one of my favorite Hulks because it's the perfect balance of brain and brawn. I mean, I liked like I liked that version of the Hulk. But when is the last time we've had a Hulk movie? Oh, those don't do well. We just don't talk about those. Right, but like... Assuming now, the last couple Hulk movies were bad because it wasn't really under the Marvel Cinematic Universe umbrella. Like, even this version of the Hulk, his origin story was just kind of like, it wasn't a cohesive series yet. And I think that would have been not nice to show, but just, you could have easily plugged in a Hulk movie. I kind of hope they kind of stop with him and work towards maybe an Amadeus Cho Hulk, which is a younger kid. I re- I'm, I'm so pumped about a Young Avengers. The more I'm talking about it, the more I'm getting goosebumps. Folks, goosebumps. Can you imagine an Amadeus Cho being on the Young Avengers with Spider-Man, Hawkeye's daughter, young Iron Man that we just established? I mean, come on, guys. If, if it's not already patented, we should start. So, the real question then is, will you continue to go see all of these Young Avengers movies, or are you tapped out on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes, is my answer. To both? (laughs) Because at the end of the day, I'm through and through a, a Marvel geek. I will always go until my wallet is empty. I mean, it's... I grew up with it. I'm hoping my kids grow up with it if they continue this. And my kids' kids and so on and so forth. Marvel for life. Throwing up gang signs is an M. So, like, for me, I was getting kind of exhausted of Marvel movies, especially at the end here. There was just, I felt like so many. There was one every, like, three to six months that we had to go see in the build-up to Endgame. And... I really like all of the characters and the prospect of a new Avengers. Really, like, it's exciting. But at the same time, I I feel like I grew up with this first 10-year era of Avengers. And while I'm still going to see the movies, I feel like the next 10 years is more for the people who, at this time, are, like, the age When when we started. It's almost like we're passing it off now. Like... This this is yours. Yeah, but Enjoy. I don't want it. It's it's kind of like like yeah. like when you're a kid who just turned eighteen, you go, I don't want to grow up. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel. Like I don't want to let it go, but I can totally understand that perspective. I'm just there's 
there's so many things that there's loose ends though like i do like i'm invested in this spider-man this is probably one of my favorite spider-mans spider-man spider-man um i do want to see what they're going to do with captain marvel because the first movie was good it was it was good <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't great but i think it, that character has the potential to be great and they're just not doing it justice because they're so busy trying to compete with wonder woman and and the thing that i think made wonder woman so great and i was actually talking about this with someone else earlier today is wonder woman really didn't throw girl power in your face it was also timed well right but like wonder woman was just an awesome character who happened to be a girl it was an awesome story they didn't really shove it in your face besides like her upbringing happening to be among women but after that it was just like she's just a badass superhero with captain marvel it felt like every five seconds they needed to jab girl power in your face and if it's too on the nose in my opinion it loses its effectiveness still a good movie but they just needed to Build up the character and stop telling us that she's great. Show us that she's great. I like that. But I, I often do wonder if it came out before Wonder Woman, would the... I think it would have been a different movie. I yeah. think it would have been better. I think they were feeling the pressure from Wonder Woman. And kind of forced it. I mean, everything down to the fact that it was a period piece movie, much like Wonder Woman was a period piece you movie. You should just clarify what period piece movie is since... Ha, ha, ha. Period piece, like... Wonder Woman happened in World War One, two, no, two, because mm. there were Nazis. Um, and then Captain Marvel really embraced the '90s, so that they they really leaned into the '90s references in Captain Marvel. And again, some of that was because the '90s are a little bit more difficult to distinguish from today than obviously World War Two. Shout out to Blockbuster. I don't know. Overall, I I really enjoyed. End game. Circling um, back, yeah. I mean, phenomenal action, a lot of good humor. Some of it seemed kind of tacky, but I mean, we're, we're our generation's now coming on the age where we're, we appreciate dad jokes, so I'm all for the tacky. The only thing that I missed, really, I wanted to see Groot do more. More Groot. More Groot. I didn't even think he said I am Groot once. Maybe he just said Groot. I think he only said Groot. Well, how do we know what that means? I don't know. I don't even know who he is at that point. Unbelievable. Overall, though, good movie. Great movie. We did. We accidentally saw it in 3D. <laughs> it was actually, like, the 3D didn't add a ton, but I think it really, like, it added a little bit. It was fun. It didn't give me a headache like 3D movies usually do. So, folks, if you haven't seen it, well, I'm sorry you, we spoiled the snot of it for you. But we you're warned still gonna, you. We, we warned you. You're still going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. And if you have seen it, let us know what you think. Yeah, you can reach out to us on our Twitter account. We are at OnlineWarriors1. Um, I also have my own Twitter, at OWNerdBomber. And I'm at OWTechTic. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Facebook. We would also love, love, love if you could give us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Show your love. We love you back. Um, you can find all of our latest episodes on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you can visit us at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. Uh, we hope to hear from you. Uh, we're still working on that Patreon. We'll be getting that established in the near future, and we'll keep you updated. And with that, 
we bid you a faithful adieu.